Yuramchuk, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Low Tide. It sounds like you are not at all having some sort of crisis, which is great. <laughs> hey, well, you, you texted me last night. You said, oh, come on, man. I said, great. And then you said, you made up some phone excuse. What the hell? Because I broadcast on the internet, so I was prepared to like send you a link, and you got to download an app and join it. And you replied with your phone number, and I was already on the air, so I'm telling my producer, I'm like, "Can we bring on phone numbers? Is that possible?" Like, no, we can't do phone calls. It's an internet broadcast. Well, I was on. I was driving. What? What did you want me to send you? Well, exactly. That's, I know. It just we'll make it work another time. But I okay. do have a bunch of listeners in my everyday show. Are like, you got to find a way to do something with low time. And I'm like, well, I'm on well, this show once a week, but send, people want to see you on Oilers Nation. I'll tell you what. Send me a link. Wait, wait two weeks until my son can tell me to figure out how it works, and then we can do it. There we go. All Sounds right. like a plan. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have to wait two weeks or not, but the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they need to do some work. And we see the lines today uh, look a little different, Tyler. Like, you know, actually a lot different. Yeah. Um, so Corey Perry scores the one goal with McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's enough to get him, you know, the full-time promotion for the time being, I suppose. But I'll be honest. I look at that top line and I'm like, could it work? Sure. I look at the rest of that lineup and it's like that fourth line, they're not scoring anytime soon. Evander Kane, Zach Hyman, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, are, how confident are we that that can be a consistent scoring line? I think we kind of know at this point that you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins isn't exactly an elite top six centerman. He's a darn good winger, and I think that's kind of the book on Nuge. And that third line has played together for nearly an hour and hasn't scored a single goal together. So the rest of that lineup just leaves me wanting so much more, but it also highlights this team's got to add some scoring ahead of the deadline. Yeah, and it's it's like I always say push the river. Some people call them drivers. McDavid is a, the best driver on the planet. Leon Dreisaitl can do it, but Nuge has, Nuge has always been a complimentary scorer. And as good as Hyman is, I think he is also a complimentary scorer. Kane as well. They're really good, but you need that guy who can create uh, it's as simple as sometimes as carrying the puck into the offensive zone, setting up and starting a play. And McDavid and Drysaddle can do that all day. And Hyman can sometimes, but Nuge is, he's just a complimentary guy. That's not an insult. That's just what he is. Yeah. I think again, long-term wise, you need Connor and Leon on separate lines and you need to add one more impactful top nine forward, maybe even two, but let's start with one just to give, even if it's that third line, a chance to do something. Like, I look at it, McLeod and Fogle, sure, the possession numbers are fine and all of that, but they don't score when it's just the two of them. They were scoring with Leon Dreisaitl. I would say go back to McLeod, Fogle, and Dreisaitl. You know that second line was working. They were producing for you. And go with a third line that's something like Dylan Holloway, Evander Kane, and Corey Perry. And maybe you can get something going there, but they need another piece really bad. They also need help on the PK. It was so good, and then seven goals in the, against in the last four games. I don't have an answer. I know they're running around. I know that, uh, but they've got to. They have to solve this because they had such a great run. I don't think the playoffs are in doubt. But you want to be winning enough games here so that you can at least push Vegas, right? Yeah, you want to try get home ice in round one. Like as the days go on, it feels more and more certain that we're getting an Oilers Vegas round one. But again, having home ice would be relatively significant. I think this next month here for the Oilers, because like you said, the playoffs aren't in doubt. It should be all about experimenting. And that's why I don't agree with going Connor and Leon on the same line. 
Give Dylan Holloway three games with Leon Drysaddle, not two periods. Give him three games there to see what you have. And if you're not going to do that, give Dylan Holloway five games at center so you can see what you have there and really figure it out. I don't agree with this. Loading it up. It's the same old, same old. We know the bottom nine right now that Chris Knobloch threw together in practice. It won't work. We know that fourth line cannot score. We're game 50, whatever. Matias Janmark can't score. Connor Brown can't score. Derek Ryan can barely score. I think it's time to consider, again, experimenting, seeing what you have. Lane Peterson has 13 goals in 38 American League games. Call him up. You're telling me he's going to be worse than Derek Ryan at being your fourth-line center? Not a chance. There's at least some upside there. Give Raphael Lavoie another look. 15 goals in 36 Bakersfield games this season. I would be giving guys looks that maybe you haven't already this season and just trying to find something, some sort of offense, so you know 100% with certainty what you need at the deadline. Connor Brown had four high dangers, hit a post last night or a crossbar. Uh, is there any hope for him, or do you just, you know, I, I think they'll lose him on waivers, and I get that that's, that's not going to be a good look, but if, he's, if, he, if he can't play, you can't play, right? You can't have all three of him, Yanmark, and Derek Ryan in the lineup, never mind on the same line. I think you can have one guy who is snake bit and a PK specialist. I'm fine with that. And if I had to pick between the three, weirdly enough, I'd probably pick Connor Brown because he moves a little bit better than the other two, and he actually generates some looks on his own. Matthias Janmark's lone goal this year went in off his neck or whatever it was, or off his chest. Like, <laughs> And he, he can generate things on his own. Derek Ryan is a little bit better at it. At least Connor Brown you know, gets the ball to the hoop a little, attacks the rim with some tenacity, and, and has you holding your breath a couple of times a game, going like, I oh, might get it here. You can have one of those guys in the lineup, not all of them. I, I would run, again, it's not going to happen. It's so far-fetched. I would have a fourth line that is like Lane Peterson, Raphael Lavoie, and Connor Brown flipped on his offside, and I'd see if maybe you can catch lightning in a bottle there. Tyler Gramchuk correctly identifying Matthias Janmark is the leader in the NHL, goal scored via neck per 60. Well done. <laughs> uh, and then we, we, you know, we move from the penalty kill and Connor Brown and all of those things. The, the text line today ha- is convinced that Boone Jenner is the guy. Boone Jenner apparently not going to be leaving uh, Columbus as they change general managers. Uh, I always like your takes on you because you've become very passionate about one or two players. Have you landed on anybody for the Oilers? So I, I found a guy I like, but I hate the price. And it's uh, this is something Gregor kind of got me onto. It's Nick Dowd. If you could get Nick Dowd and he scores in a fourth line role, he does a lot of things well. 6'3", right shot as well. Like checks a lot of boxes for the Oilers. He's dirt cheap, 1.3 million. Comes with a second year. So if you have to overpay a little bit, I know he's 33, but at least you can sit there and say, hey, we're, we're getting him for a second season and that helps. And Gregor's thrown out the name Beck Malenstein on the Capitals, who, 26 years old, pending RFA, 26, so he doesn't really fit Washington's little rebuild window here. Again, would come with some control. If Washington would retain a little on Dowd, get him down to like $1 million, and throw in Beck Malenstein, I know it's not household names, but... I'd be very tempted to give up the first-round pick for that if you can't get anything else. Get a physical fourth line that can score, and the most important part that Gregor likes to point out, take some hard matchups away from McDavid and Dreisaitl and totally change the way you handle your matchups on home ice. I really do think adding some depth to this team is is a big, big need. So, so hear me out. I'm just going to throw this out here. 
Gregor's talked to everybody about this. He's talked for a month on the air about this. If it happens, Frankenstein endowed for the first round pick and the Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup, do you know that Gregor will be impossible for five years? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they should just use the first on Eberly instead and just <laughs> save us the hassle. I I can see it coming. I can see it. I I can see this coming a mile away, and it makes sense. It's a good idea. He th- nobody else thought of it, and I I mean, if it happened to me, I'd I'd run that thing for five years. I'm just saying, there's a danger here. It would be, you know, it might get brought up a few times. I'm just saying, in the next five years, if it happens like that. Uh, did you ever yeah, hear of Malenstein before Gregor started talking about him? Oh, God, no. I thought maybe Gregor was making it up to test us. But then I looked into the player a little bit, and it's like, actually, he does a lot of things well, and they're both penalty kill guys, and they both have produced a bit of offense with the Capitals. And I don't know. I I could get behind a fourth line that is Malenstein, Dowd, and Connor Brown. I think that could actually be a pretty good trio. And if you sit there and go, what, you're going to waste your first-round pick upgrading the fourth line? Look at it more like a third line, because they'd be playing heavy minutes, defensive important minutes for you. Nick Dowd can win draws as a right shot. That's something the Oilers have always needed. Like, it's not just spending big to upgrade the fourth line. It's spending big to really give yourself a layer of depth and get two guys who can help for multiple years. It's also a little bit like what Vegas did because the Roy line wasn't really the fourth line because it played heavy matchups and it was, you know, one they could count on and they would roll it. And it sort of made it competitive in Vegas where that line was chewing away at the third and second line minutes. Yeah. Like, again, I, sometimes I think we get in trouble when we sit here and label everything first, second, third, fourth line. With the Oilers, you're really just trying to build, and you already have, let's be honest, a top six that, if deployed right, will consistently outscore the other team. Now, if you can get a bottom six that can consistently outscore the other team, even when the top six has off nights, the bottom six can pick you up, and you'll just be that much more difficult to beat. So I love the idea of a Gensel or an Eberly or something like that. I just think if that's not going to happen, going the let's make a damn good fourth line, similar to what Vegas used against us last year, go, go that route. Why not? you got to spend big on something at this deadline. You can't sit still. It's absolutely true. Now, uh, our, uh, because I know you're a big Jays fan, uh, I need to ask you about Vladdy and the arbitration and any worry you have. And then I have to ask you about the, the the lack of a big move. I know they made one small move here and people are really dissing it. But the Jays feel like they, they kind of slumbered through the wintertime. Are you excited for the season? Are you excited about what the Jays look like? Uh, I mean, I'm excited because I love baseball, but I have very low hopes for this Blue Jays team. They're banking on a lot of internal bounce backs this year, and I think that's a very dangerous game to play. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried this year is going to go sideways, if I'm being totally honest. But who knows? Maybe Alec Manoa bounces back. Vladdy hits 40 dingers, and we're sitting here once again in September talking about a team that, oh, oh, could they go on a magical run? I'd love it. (laughs) I'm just not as confident as I've been in years past. It it was not a good winter. You should have a show called Magical Run. Yeah. No. Why not? And any thoughts of, of you guys changing the name of the website to Dangerous Faceoff? Because I thought that was a really good name. <laughs> no, Frank would never stand for that. Okay. All right. Uh, extra day off. What do you do with an extra day off? Do you fly somewhere? Yeah, I'm going to Arizona to watch the Oilers play in Mullet Arena with 50 other Oilers fans on a nation vacation low tide. You know nice. what I'm Nice. Love it. 
uh, I've got a buddy who's down there, and he loves watching the games there. He just loves it. Yeah, it, I'm very. It's, it's such a unique thing, and if they're going to move soon, like the only chance to kind of do it. So I'm stoked. Beautiful. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself, buddy. See you, Dad. All right, there you go, Tyler Yaremchuk.